0: I'm Pastor Alan. Um, I try to greet most of you who are coming in. If not, hopefully I'll be able to greet you as you leave. We're in a series, been doing this quite a few weeks now, called Christian, It's Not What You Think. Today's topic is loopholes, but before we get there, I've got a couple of additional announcements. Uh, next Sunday, if you're staying for lunch in our celebration, uh, my wife said either bring a salad or a dessert. <laughs> I think I got that right salad, or dessert. And the other thing was, last week, uh, last Sunday afternoon, we had a a membership class, and we had 12 people join our church. So I think we all need to celebrate that this morning. 12 people. All right. Uh, If you didn't make the class, I'm going to teach it again in the next week or two. So I know of some of you. Let me know your schedules, and uh, we'll have some more to report. Um, And... uh, So, just let me know about your interest. Loopholes. We all love loopholes, don't we? These are ways to get around stuff that we don't want to do. Are you able to do stuff that we aren't supposed to do? And we don't really have to teach this to our kids, do we? As kids, we just kind of know how to do this. Uh, When I was in uh, first grade... I had to walk to a a school bus stop, and I walked out in front of a car, believe it or not, and uh, got hit by a car, it ran over my leg, broke my leg, I've got this metal plate in my leg, and anyway, uh, I survived it. And uh, when I finished first grade, the interesting thing was, this was in February, and I didn't go to school the rest of the year. Now, there wasn't anything such as homeschooling back then, (laughs) but my uh, first grade teacher, Mrs. Palm, she would come by with work for me to do. And I actually... uh, They promoted me when I got to second grade. That's another issue. But the end of first grade, my parents bought me a a bike. Now, we lived in a housing development. And since I'd gotten hit by a car in the street, guess where I had to ride my bike? Only on the sidewalk. Now, do you think I only rode my bike on the sidewalk? No, there was always, you know, there's somebody blocking the sidewalk. I had to get out into the street or uh, some other reason. Some loophole... to to ride in the street rather than on the sidewalk. So as kids, uh, you know, there's lots of these, you know, don't play in the street. Well, I thought you meant don't play in the middle of the street. (laughs) We're playing on the side of the street. So as kids, we we, we intuitively know how to do this, don't we? Then we get to be adults and we get really good at it. Uh, I could give you lots of examples. A stop sign is really a rolling stop sign, right? You all agree with me? Speed limits, kind of a speed suggestion. Um, we all love tax loopholes. I get the advantage of one of these. Probably most of you don't know this. I get a housing allowance, so all my money I spend on my house, I don't pay taxes on it. I have to pay Social Security. I don't have to pay taxes on it. But then my interest from my mortgage payment that I pay with the housing allowance, I get to deduct from my salary. Isn't that pretty cool? Cold for me, anyway. <laughs> That's the interesting thing about loopholes. We like them for ourselves, not so much for somebody else. Do you like those tax loopholes those rich people have that don't pay any taxes? We don't like that, do we? And those legal loopholes, somebody that we really know is guilty of something, famous trial on TV, maybe, and they get off scot-free because of some loophole. We don't like that. But we love loopholes for ourselves. I've, I was Googling this. There's a lot about... Uh, tax loopholes but some of you guys gals play video games there's all these loopholes evidently in video games i didn't know about Uh, they they showed up so we love loopholes so we're in a series about christians so we're going to make the comment or make the statement that christians love loopholes in fact not just christians all religious people all religions of the world you know, and if you're a Muslim, you're supposed to stop five times a day and get down and, you know, on your <laughs> uh, prayer cloth and, and uh, pray to, to Mecca, whatever direction Mecca is. Well, all Muslims don't do that. It's not really practical. He says, I don't know how to get around it, but they got to have a loophole. Jewish people, uh, the Old Testament, there's all these sacrificial laws. Well, when the temple was destroyed 2,000 years ago. They can't do that. So somehow they have some loophole to get around doing animal sacrifices. Uh, I've never had a Jew explain that to me, but there, I'm sure there is some reason. Now, we talk about Christian religion. Uh, I grew up in an area where there was a lot of Catholics, and uh, I noticed that guys and gals that were Catholic, where well, they'd go partying on the weekend, and I didn't quite understand that, because I went to church, and I didn't do that. And then I found out that in the Catholic church, you have this thing, well, you just confess it to the priests, and it all gets wiped out. And then you just go on and party it again the next week. Not a bad system, is it? Being brought up in a Baptist church, we had our own version of that. It's called 1 John 1, 1.9. How many know 1 John 1.9? 1, Nobody knows. Now, come on. If we confess our sins. So I didn't need a priest. I could do it myself. If I confess our sins, he, meaning God, is faithful and just. Forgive me of all my sins, cleansing from all unrighteousness. So, hey, I could go party on the weekend and feel guilty and then confess it and God, God would take care of it. In fact, I think it's some bad theology. But we, some of us believe it was disappeared. God forgot it. So I could do it again next week and God wouldn't know until I confessed it again. That's kind of silly, but that's kind of how we believed. And then we have the liberal, quote unquote, liberal wing of the church that says, yeah, the Bible says that, but uh, it doesn't really mean that. You know, it means something else. In fact, all the way back to Thomas Jefferson, some people actually, he literally cut parts of the Bible out that he didn't like. <laughs> so that's a pretty good loophole, right? So once I get it all cut out, then I have the Bible that I like. So everybody loves loopholes. Christians love loopholes. In fact, loophole Christians love theology. Now, theology is trying to explain what the Bible means and what God's about, right? So in theology... We build our case for our loopholes, right? Like the example I just gave you about confessing our sins. So I can go ahead and do what I want because God's going to forgive me. I'm building a theology around that. It isn't really (laughs) the way I should live, but I can do that with theology. Now, one of the uh, popular ones is this, but that's in the Old Testament, I don't know if you ever looked at your Bible, but three-quarters of it's the Old Testament. Well, you know, after Jesus came, everything changed, so I don't have to worry about that Old Testament. But Jesus didn't say that, did he? He said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. So Jesus said, yeah, no, no, no. In fact, that was his Bible, the Old Testament. We can't ditch that stuff. So you're reading at the end of the Old Testament, Malachi is talking about tithing your income. You've got to give 10% to the church. Oh, I don't need to do that, because that's in the Old Testament. Well, what Jesus did with the law, he, he took it to more extremes. So in the New Testament, I don't technically, literally have to give 10%, because the Bible says that it, in New Testament, is all belongs to God. The whole hundred percent. All right, we, we teach that you should give 10% to church. Church needs money to, to function. But it uh, doesn't matter. If it's in the Old Testament, it's even greater in the New Testament. So we love theology because we can build our cases, and it's dangerous. And we talked about it. you can be a Christian and almost believe anything because Christian is not uh, defined. It only shows up three times in the New Testament. It's used by outsiders to describe insiders, kind of a kind of a derogatory term. So I can. So we got Christians on both sides, of almost everything: political issues, moral issues. You know, people are for and against everything. Call themselves Christian, and we've been talking in this series that. You know, we can't, or hopefully we don't want to settle for Christian. We want to settle for something that Jesus called his followers, which is the word what? What was the word? Jesus followers were what? Disciples. All right. I thought, I I, I knew you knew this. (laughs) Disciples. So, disciples, we would say, uh, don't look for loopholes. Now, the interesting thing is these kind of, uh, I call them, Pet sins in the church—they change from time to time. You know, uh, when I was growing up, give you a couple examples. Uh, if you happen to get divorced, uh, you pretty much couldn't do much of anything in the church. I mean, that was one of those those biggies. Uh, that's kind of gone by the wayside. And there's other other rules. Interesting one for me was in, in our Baptist hymn book. And Roy, maybe you got you had this church covenant in the back of your hymn book when you were growing up. And one of the things on there was uh, uh, you couldn't buy, sell, or touch, drink alcoholic beverages. Okay? And so I, good Baptist teenager, I just did what I was told. But as I became a pastor, I started studying this stuff. And I said, wait a minute. I can't really find that in the Bible. And Jesus drank wine. And, you know, people would ask me about that. So I had to figure it out. Well, I figured out what happened. You know, we make these rules so that we can keep other rules. All right, So this is a rule to keep from people from getting drunk, right? Because that's what the Bible says is wrong, to get drunk. It doesn't say alcohol is wrong. Jesus drank alcohol. So anyway, if I don't buy, sell, touch, drink it, I can't get drunk. So that's a rule to help me keep the other rule. But is that really God's rule? That's not God's rule. Maybe it's a good rule, but it's not a God's rule. And loophole Christians love to ask the question, how close can I get to sin without sinning? How bad can I be without being really bad? You know, so I'm out on a date. How far can I go, you know, before it's wrong? Uh, you know, I'm partying. How much can I party before it's wrong? That's the question that loophole Christians ask. Now, if you choose to be a Jesus follower, if you choose to be a disciple, you've got a whole different set of questions. We'll talk about that later. Now, Jesus bumped up against this loophole theology a lot. And we're going to look at a story where he runs into the the religious leaders, the scribes and Pharisees, teachers of the law. These are the people that knew the Bible inside and out. Of course, the Old Testament. And uh, Jesus just wouldn't fit into their box. He wouldn't follow their rules. As we're going to see, not really the Bible rules, but their rules. We're going to look at the story. It's in Matthew chapter 15. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now, now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. So they often came to see Jesus. Because he was popular. And he was its, a Jewish teacher. And, and again he didn't fit into their box. So they asked him. Why do you disi- your disciples disobey our age old tradition. Now I didn't say disobey the Old Testament. Disobey our Bible. It says they disobey our age old traditions. These are these rules that we've made along the lines. To try and keep or get around as we see, this one's going to be get around some other law. They ignore our traditional ceremony of hand washing before they eat. Now parents, didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? <laughs> Tell your kids. <laughs> Got to wash your hands before you eat. But this was about the law, the Old Testament law, is for the priests to do this. So they would have to wash all the way down to their elbows. There was all these instructions so they would be holy enough to go in and, and, and perform the religious ceremonies. Well, if it was good enough for the priests, the religious leaders say, hey, well, why don't everybody do that? So they made this rule for everybody and Jesus' disciples didn't do it. So it really upset them because they thought, hey, if you're going to be a good Jew, you need to do this. Now you've got to be careful <laughs> accusing Jesus of something, don't you? And they kept doing it and Jesus kept you know, one-upping, it, one-upping them and that's what he does in this case. He replied, and why do you Okay, you're saying, why do my disciples? I'm going to say, why do you, by these traditions, these rules you made up, violate the direct commandments of God? So he's saying, hey, you've got these rules you're saying are more important that allow you to actually violate the more important rules. And he gives them an example. He says, for instance, God says, not you guys, not the scribes and Pharisees, but God says This is in the Old Testament. This is in our Bible. Honor your father and mother. That's one of the big ten, right? There's this other rule or law in the Old Testament that you might not be familiar with. We used to tell our kids about this one. (laughs) Kind of scare them a little bit. Anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death, stoned. Now most of you don't don't listen to that one or pay attention to that one. In fact, none of us would probably be around, would we? If we really... uh, lived up to the letter of the law. But the, um, the idea is, it's really, really important to honor your parents. Now notice it doesn't give an age. You know, honor your parents while you're kids, you get to be adults, you get to stop, right? It doesn't say that. Honor your father and mother. Uh, kind of sum up what they were doing with this statement here. They were loving the commands, especially the ones they made up, more than the commander or the intent of commander, God. And he's going to explain it with this, in this illustration. It's a little confusing to us nowadays, so I'll explain it to you as we go through here. The, uh, go ahead. But you say, alright, the Bible says, God says, honor your parents, if you disrespect them, you should be stoned. But you say, this is different. You're going to say something different. It's alright for people to say to their parents, sorry, can't help you. For I vowed, and here it is, I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. So here's the scenario. Honor your parents means you need to take care of them. And when they get older, that means, and they didn't have nursing homes back then, so that means you had to move them into your house. You had to take care of them. It took time, energy, and money to take care of them. In fact, they might bankrupt you taking care of them. So this could be expensive in time and energy and money. So How can we get out of this? What's what's a good loophole? All right. Now, the interesting thing about loopholes is they're kind of like half right. So what they did was say, I've given all my possessions, all my money to God. I've dedicated it to God. So I would give it to you if I could, but I've given it to God just in case he might need it. (laughs) But maybe you need it. I can't help you. Now, Technically, that was true. You could dedicate everything to God, and it was no longer yours to use as you wanted. But are they honoring their parents? Absolutely not. He goes on. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, because they've given it all to God. Notice this. So he says, you have canceled, you've nullified, you've Gotten rid of the word of God for the sake of your own traditions. So I dedicated to God is more important than honor my f- father and mother. Now before we pick on the skies of Pharisees, we all do this. Okay, as I said earlier, we all look for loopholes, uh, religious loopholes as well as other loopholes, <clears throat> ways to get around things we don't want to do. Now what do you think Jesus thinks of all this? Uh, he's going to tell us. <laughs> you're hypocrites. You act like you're, you know, want to be you know, faithful to God, but you're finding loopholes so you can't be faithful to, to God and God's Word. Again, that's kind of an interesting word. We all think it about other people, don't we? We might even say it about other people. Well, you surely don't want anybody to say it about you, do you? Kind of an ugly word. So he said, You guys are hypocrites. And it's kind of a fake religion. Another way to summarize it's this way. Jesus doesn't like it. When we use his father's words, in our case, would what we call the Bible, to avoid doing his father's will. There's all kinds of examples of this too. And we can see these, uh, I call them basically wasp churches, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, uh, uh, really conservative types and uh, we're going to win back America. <laughs> and they'll use stories from the Bible, things from the Bible to, to defend, and everybody cheers, says amen. And if you sit back and just listen, you think, well, yeah, but what about this over here? You know, they just choose certain things to emphasize and forget other things. And then on the other extreme, you go just what we call a liberal black church. And they're telling, preaching out of the Bible, and they're using Bible stories to defend you know, their political beliefs. And, and if you sit and listen, you think, yeah, that, that's kind of right, but, 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 but what about this over here? And so we all have these filters we use <laughs> and to kind of do what we want to do and use the Bible uh, to back it up. Came across... Uh, <laughs> Uh, kind of a silly but very poignant example from, from, well, it's kind of an old movie now, about one of these top ten and how we don't really believe we need to do it.
1: Monster Max! Godzilla, you can't play catch? I'd like to, but I can't right now. Max, I gotta talk to you. Your mommy told me about that wish you made last night. It came true, Max. Really? You mean you have to tell the truth? Yes. No matter what? No matter what? Is wrestling real? In the Olympics, yes. On Channel 23, no. Will sitting too close to the TV set make me go blind? Not in a million years. If I keep making this face, will get stuck that way? Uh-uh. In fact, some people make a good living that way. Now listen, Max. you got to do something for me. I need you to take back that wish. So you can lie? Yes. But not to you. You see, Max, sometimes grown-ups need to lie <laughs> it's hard to explain but if look here's a good example when your mommy was pregnant with you she gained a good 40 pounds there was nothing she wouldn't eat and daddy was scared but when she'd ask me how do i look i'd say honey you look great you're beautiful you're glowing if i'd have told mommy she looked like a cow it would have hurt her feelings understand my teacher tells me real beauties on the inside that's just something ugly people say Max, no one can survive in the adult world if they have to stick to the truth. I could lose my case, I could lose my promotion, I could even lose my job. Now, I need your help, Max, okay? Okay. Okay, now do whatever you did last night. Only this time, make it an unwish. did it
0: excellent
1: yeah i just need a little test
0: did it work
1: not like i'd hoped did you unwish it Only what? Yesterday when I wished it, I really meant it. This time when I unwished it, I only did it because you told me to. All right. do it again. And this time, lean in. But I can't. Why not? Because I don't want you to lie. I explained this. I have to lie. Everybody lies. Mommy lies. Even the wonderful Jerry lies. But you're the only one that makes me feel bad.
0: All right. All your parents, all your kids, always tell the truth, right? And it does get a little complicated. But he gives a good example when your wife may be pregnant, or she puts on some outfit and asks you how it looks. But um, I don't think it's an excuse or a reason or a loophole to lie, is it? So we all love loopholes. <clears throat> We're going to look at something we looked at in the, uh, a couple weeks ago in the series, something that John had written to kind of explain us, okay, so instead of worrying about all the details of all these laws and loopholes to get around these laws, let's just kind of boil it down. Let's just kind of simplify it. <clears throat> so Jesus did. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Top of all the other commandments, and just love each other. And that was in the Old Testament. It wasn't really anything new. He was just re-emphasizing it. Okay? So whatever else we think, we want to do, whatever loophole we might come up with, it's got to fit under love each other. In fact, he said, if you don't understand that, here's how you're supposed to do it. Love like I love you guys. All right? Just do that. And it worked fantastic for the first 300 years of the church. Even under severe persecution... And by the way, today is a day of prayer for the persecuted church, so it might take some time and, and do that. The uh, whole Western world became Christianized in, in 300 years, even under persecution, because this was their mantra. No matter what else, we're going to love each other. And then about 25 years later, Paul, we've talked about him, he was writing to a church in Rome, where the center of the persecution was coming from. And he had to say this to the the believers there. Owe nothing to anyone except. There's an exception. Here's the exception. Be indebted. Don't be indebted to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you'll fulfill the requirements of God's law. So hey, am I keeping this law? Am I keeping this law? Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I loving... God, am I loving my neighbor? Then I'm probably fulfilling the law. And this should, why why should we do this? Because (laughs) God loved us so much, we ought to love each other. It should motivate us to want to do this, to obey rather than to look for loopholes. And then he goes on, For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, murder, steal, or covet. That's some of the Ten Commandments. And these and other commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this is clarifying, it's simplifying, it's almost too direct, isn't it? So he's saying this is the top priority. Everything else is secondary to this. So, hey, I've dedicated everything to God so I don't have to take care of my parents. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that really the loving thing to do to your parents? Now, something we have to be careful of as Jesus followers is this. Christians use the Bible like mace. Disciples, on the other hand, use the Bible like a mirror. So easy for us to use the Bible to judge other people. Isn't it? Say, hey, you're not, you know, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're not doing this, not doing this. As mace. Disciples say, hey. Says, I need to love my neighbor. Am I doing that? Am I being a mirror of God? So disciples don't look for loopholes. We ask a whole different set of questions. We don't go around saying, (laughs) wives, you need to be submissive to me. Your wives, your husbands, you need to love me like Christ loved the church. No, a mirror rather than mace. Hey, I need to be loving my wife like Christ loved the church and wives. I need to be, be submissive to my husband like I am to God. Whole different set of questions. Disciples don't look for loopholes. Best question, and we've used this one before, the best question we can ask in any situation, kind of simplify it, figure out what's the best thing to do, what does love require of me? As a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a pastor, as a fellow brother in Christ, maybe just some neighbor, somebody at work, somebody at school. What does love require of me. Now, I say this is kind of bulls, it simplifies it, but does it make it easier? No. The whole loophole thing is the easier thing, way to go. This is not easier. So it's not talking about somebody, it's talking to somebody. It's about relating to people we don't like. We talked about how Jesus seemed to like people that weren't anything like him. And people that weren't anything like him, liked him. Are you going to be uncomfortable? Sometimes, yeah. Is it going to be complicated sometimes to figure it out? Yes. But we have a love debt. We have a debt to love all the time. Now, anytime I talk about anything, and I'm just like you when I listen to somebody teaching the Bible, but what about this? Or what about that? Or whatever, pushing back. So, I want to kind of answer all your pushbacks with a simple statement. Here it is. Aren't you glad God didn't look for a loophole when it came to His love for you? Aren't you glad? I know I'm glad. I don't know, can't speak for everybody. But I know all the thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of dumb thousands of dumb things I have done, all of which would give God a reason not to love me, and He still loves me. (laughs) We talked about this a lot in our last series about grace. So what does love require of me? Can't settle for Christian. I'm going to be a Jesus follower. So I'd like to suggest, as I've done in the past, that we just as you wake up every morning this week, and I'm going to ask you about it next week, and next week we're going to finish this series up, kind of tie it all together. I'm going to give you kind of three subcategories of this question. Every morning we get up this week, any situation that comes up, ask yourself that question. Now, it would be great if you actually do it, but at this point I want you to just get in the habit of asking the question. You may not do it, but ask the question. It'll be transformational in your life, the lives of the people around you. And if we all did this in our culture, it was in the first century. I hope you can join us next week. We've got one more song and we'll be, we'll be dismissing you folks. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you that you don't look for loopholes in your love for us and your care for us. And this is our natural tendency, God. And some of the stuff maybe not be important, but this one about what does love require me? That's, that's the biggie. That's the bottom line or the top of the list. So God, help us. We have a tendency to want to use the Bible as a mace. Help us to really use it as a mirror. And we want to pray for anyone here. If you're not a Jesus follower, we're glad that you're here. But we think being a Jesus follower is, is your best option in life. Better than the other option of not following. It's a matter of faith, of trust, believing. If you'd like to step across that line this morning, we'd like to pray for you and uh, help you. Thank you, Jesus. You did what we couldn't do for ourselves. Help us be loving as you've loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. We can help you in any way. You've got your connection card, response cards. Uh, let us know or you know, pull one of us aside after service and talk to us. Thank you.